0: Welcome to the New Day Community Church sermon podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. Um, so we are in the middle of a series. Um, we're taking First John. We are going through the entire series. And it is an expository series. Which means we're digging in and revealing the truth. We're exposing the truth that are in the um, in the verses that we are going to be talking about. And we started a couple weeks ago with um, Bill and Mary Lee sharing on what First John was all about. And the Apostle John, who wrote the Gospel of John, also wrote this letter, probably much later. And he um, was writing it for three reasons. He was writing this letter to refute false teachings that were going on amongst his day. He was writing it to reassure us, you know, just kind of reassure his sheep and his flock and saying, hey, you know, it's going to be all right. And he also wanted to describe what it would look like to live righteously. And um, the section that I'm going to be covering today does actually all three of those things. And um, a couple weeks ago, after Bill and Mary Lee shared, um, we had Pastor Anthony here, and his message really, um, his section really talked about the fact that we shouldn't love the world, but we're supposed to love Jesus. And, you know, we're not supposed to be, you know, into what the world has and what the world has to offer, but also that if you don't love your brother, then that's proof that God isn't in you. Yeah, kind of intense. It's like, you know, I, I, I will know that God is in you, that Jesus is in you, if you love your brother. That, that is the proof that's there. And then Pastor Cameron shared um, the following week, and he talked about looking for lies that people were believing and how to respond to those lies. And, you know, the truth is that Jesus is the Son of God. And anyone who doesn't believe that is an antichrist because they're against Christ. And he shared just about the difference between the Antichrist, the one that is coming, but, or, or could be here, but also about the ones that are all around us, which are people and lies that are coming against what the truth is. And then last week, Jimmy shared on um, that we are God's children, and we need to behave that way. And so we need to call out false teaching, we need. He gave practical examples of how to live righteously, and we need to. Um, we are God's children, and we need to behave like we are His, and believe in Jesus and do His commands. So that leads us to this week, and this week I am sharing on the very large section of First John four one through six. <laughs> And actually uh, when I first had it, I had this big chunk and I thought I read through the whole thing that I was supposed to be teaching on and I was like, huh, I'll focus on that part and this this little part, this one through six. Yeah. Kind of breeze through that. And then I <clears throat> and then I got a call and said, you know, we were looking at this and really this is its own section and, and so you're gonna just take this section. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> I actually called Mark and said, Mark, what? he says, it'll be great. And it is. It is good. It is good. And the reason that I felt like we um, should title it Wisdom is because we need to know who we're listening to. We need to have wisdom to understand the things that are being said and know whether or not we should believe them. Last week, Jimmy talked about the fact that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us. If we're children of God, we have that. And he will lead us, and he will show us what the truth is. You know, John was writing this letter to specific, well, there's, there was a couple of things that were going on, but one of the biggest ones was Gnosticism, which um, was a prevalent um, thing in their day, and it was a mixture of this Eastern... Um, religion and Greek dualism, and it was kind of this blend of, of, of mixing of those, and it started in the church. And um, he wanted to expose that and, and sh- show them what the truth was. And what's interesting about that to me is that the greatest dangers are from within the church. In Matthew seven fifteen, Jesus warns us that there are sheep in wolves, I'm, there are wolves in sheep's clothing, and and the point is that there are people who claim to be Christian or claim to be just like us, but the reality is they are very far from us or very far from what Jesus taught us, and um, and so it's easy to look around us and go, oh, you know that um, oh I don't know, New Age. That, that doesn't make any sense. And we are e- it's easy to spot it and go, well, that doesn't, you know, of course that's not. But when you get something within the church, it's really hard because you're like, well, yeah, but they're a Christian. You know, they do this and they do that. But if they're teaching anything that is contrary to Jesus Christ, came, lived, died as God for your sins, they are not of God. That and just bottom line, that's, that's the truth. And, um, and, and uh, so we need to call out false teachers. Not very fun. I, I, don't, I don't, that sounds kind of scary. I, if I heard something, I'd be saying, Pastor Cameron, <laughs> I'm not so sure about this. Um, but we do need to have a healthy spiritual skepticism. We need to kind of look at things and go, okay, well, what does the Bible say? And go back to the Bible and look at it yourself. And and re re um, and understand where that is coming from, you know. Um, when I was preparing for this, it was several weeks ago, and it was still winter. Winter had still had a hold. Um, yeah. Well, actually, it was about four weeks ago. And so, in um, my neighborhood, I live in a subdivision, and there's like 40 houses, and I I think there is a there is a significant difference in how people take care of their outside of their house. And so I, I like to describe this in, in, in this way. So you know the people that have very watered, fertilized lawns, and they're very lush and green, and they have patterns, you know, like, you know, they mow them one way, and then they mow them another way. And if, they're, if you're really good, they're like the baseball diamonds, and they have this, this cool effect or whatever. And then there's people like me one of the three in my neighborhood, that have this yard. It's a place you play. And there, there's pretty yellow flowers, and there might be some bare spots. And, and so, you know, there's... But a few weeks ago, when, I, um, when you pulled into our subdivision, everything was in that state of just not... You know, it was all the same. You couldn't tell where my neighbor's yard, lawn and my yard started, because it was all that brownish green, not quite, you know, it was just in that dormancy stage. And then the, the, the spring rains came and the warmth came and up pops all the grass. And you see mine filled with pretty yellow flowers and you see theirs full and lush. And there's an obvious difference. I think that's what happens within the church is that people are going along and it looks very much the same. But then as the growth comes, there's something a little bit off. The growth is like, well, wait a second, what is that? Nothing wrong with the yard. I have one, okay. But you just kind of look and go, what is that? Where did that come from? I didn't know what that was. And so that, that is something that we need to, we need to be, I should have been skeptical when I was looking at our yard and their lawn, and they were having theirs treated, and I thought, mine'll be good. And it is for what it is, but it is not a lawn. So, so my, um, the section that I'm talking about today really answers four questions. Each, each little section um, asks four questions. Are you following false prophets? Are you confessing the true Jesus? Are you trusting the greater spirit? And are you listening to the right teachers? So John starts out in in verse 1 and says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. That was the verse that I read that scared me, honestly. I was like, what? We're going to talk about false prophets, teachers, testing spirits. What kind of demons? What am I going to be teaching? And the thing is, at first glance, it can be pretty scary, but it's not. When I opened my Bible and I started digging in and I started looking at my references and my concordance and started figuring out what he's saying, the first thing that jumps out at me is he says, Dear friends, this is John, son of thunder. You know, let's go. Let's do this. Let's take the kingdom. Who's saying, Wait, friends, I want to tell you there's stuff out there that's going to hurt you. There's things that are going to hurt you and try and trip you up. And I don't want you to be naive and not understand what they are. So that's his heart. He's caring for these people in the church. He's caring for you and me. He's warning us that things will happen. And, and he says that, there, that we need to test the spirits because everyone has a spirit living in them. Is yours the Holy Spirit? Or is it something else? And that's what we need to know. We need to know what that is that's living inside, and, and inside people. And Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 14, and he's talking about, and he talks about false teachers. You know, this is really about false teachers. You know, who, who are you listening to? And, you know, we need to test the spirits, test these people, because not everybody who says, thus saith the Lord is from the Lord. You know, you can say a lot of things and not have that living in you. In 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says that you need to make sure whatever that teaching is lines up with the gospel. And I would encourage you today to not take what I say as just like, that's just gospel. You need to go home and look it up in your own Bible. And you need to read it for yourself and know what the truth is. And know that also God is not the author of confusion, but the author of peace. Now, there's a difference, because I've heard messages before, especially in Revelation, um, that could be confusing here. But the confusion I'm talking about is the one that's here. If something doesn't resonate and you go, hmm. You know, I I had the um, honor of listening to um, a pastor... Um, at Intersection talk with our pastor, and they were talking about um, a, a person that they knew, and, and it sounded good, but there was something here that just wasn't right. You know, and they, and they watched to see. They watched to see and then found out that, yep, they were, they were off. That person was not teaching. They were teaching contrary to the gospel. And, and that is something we need, to, we need to have our spiritual eyes and ears open and know what, what, is, what truth is being spoken. And it is a church-wide responsibility. It is not just Pastor Cameron's responsibility. It is your and my responsibility to know what it is we're listening to. If we decide, well, you know, I want to listen to podcasts, good golly, Miss Molly, there's a lot of them out there. You know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of everything out there now. The internet is a fabulous thing. But you can't just go and listen to something that says it's Christian and believe that that's what it is. You have to be guarding your own heart. That is part of our responsibility. That's part of being spiritually skeptical. Like, wait, I want to know the truth. I don't want anything to lead me astray from what God has said. Um, in Second Corinthians 11, um, he says, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, or a different gospel from the one you accepted, you put up with it easily enough. People are coming and telling them things that are not true and don't line up with the gospel and don't match where they, they know the truth, and he's calling them out. You don't believe those things. You don't believe things that are contrary to what what Scripture says, what the Bible says. You know, there's... um false prophets, I I think it's interesting because I I do know that we have an enemy who is waging war for our souls. He's out to deceive us and steal us away from God. I know that. But I I often wonder about the people that, that are deceived. You know, and the thing about deception is this. A lot of times it is mostly truth with a little lie. And I see somebody walking down a path, and it's really obvious, you know, where it's supposed to go. But then that, you know, this, this is the truth, and then they, this little lie just, you know, they take one step. And then suddenly they take another step, and then another. They've still got a lot of truth, but maybe now, you know, it started out as 95, and now it's 85, and now it's 65. And full-blown religions that are not Christian— have been formed in that very way. And we need to be aware of that. Jesus warns of, you know, wolves in sheep's clothing, or posers, as we would call them. You know, Jesus warned about it. Paul warns about it. Peter warns about it. So we should be aware that it is very prevalent. And oh, is it prevalent today. In verses 2 and 3, it says, this is how we can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming and and even now is already in the world. You know, He's telling us that we need to know who Jesus is. And anything less than that, anything less than Jesus is God, born man, died man, rose man, and God, that's who we believe. Anything less than that is not true. And, you know, I, um, I work in a school system, and we are trying to, uh, we are trying to, you know, just be aware of the student population. We have very diverse, um, especially at the school I work with, um, we have a very diverse um, cultural backgrounds in our school. And so we've had a couple people come in to talk about different things. And I arranged for um, a Muslim man to come and just talk to us about, you know, what are some things that we could be aware of to make sure the student felt comfortable in the in the setting, and and other than just don't feed them pork, you know, like, okay, you know, there's got to be some other things, and there's a lot of other things. But he started out his teaching, or started out talking to us, and he said, you know, uh, Muslim faith did not begin with Muhammad. I knew that, but, and he says, you know, it actually started with Abraham. And he says, we're one of three religions in the whole world that believe in one God. Well, I knew that too. And he said, so really... The Jewish people, the Muslim people, and the Christians, we're all the same. I said, what? <laughs> yeah, he said it, and he said it again. We're all the same. We all believe in one God. Well, yeah, but there's a huge difference. And then he said, oh, yeah, and, and we believe Jesus was a great prophet. There's There's the deception. You know, there it is. The deception is yeah, Jesus was a great prophet because he was God, you know, he'd be pretty good if, he, if you're God, you know, I mean, you would probably get everything right, and he did, you know, but they don't believe that, and so, you know, understanding, um, understanding what you believe, you know, there, there are people who believe, well, their demons believe, demons believe that Jesus is God, But they don't fall down in worship. So, you know, the same is true. We have people who are confessing it, but not really worshiping him, not really giving their lives to him. They also confess that Jesus is God. People can say that, but unless they give their whole life to him, they're not really following him. So anyone who is opposed to Jesus is antichrist. And Satan's goal is confusion. And like I said, if something is confusing here, you've got to go, hmm, you know, I'm going to wait and see. Maybe I'll step back from this for a little bit. Maybe I need to take a time out and just go, let me see how that all pans out. Because God brings peace. And go back to your Bible and go, wait a second, I know what the truth is. The truth is here in front of me. And if someone offers you something that only they can understand, They'll help you understand. Yeah, not, not so much. Howard Marshall, I found this quote, and he said, if a person claims to believe in Jesus, it is proper to ask, is your Jesus the real Jesus? That would be the question you could ask. You know, what do you think your Jesus does or is? So... First John um, four four says, "You dear children are from God, and have overcome them, because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world." So, I am. I actually know two languages, so I know um, English, which is what I'm speaking with you or to you with, and I know sign language. And the interesting thing about languages is, is things, um, when you translate things, not everything translates the same. And I know the best example I can give you is the word run. So the word run could mean I'm going to go for a run, or there is a run on the bank, or I'm going to run to the store, or my hose have a run. But when I translate that, I don't sign there's a run on the bank, because that would make no sense. So I would sign it completely different. And a run in my hose, I wouldn't say, there's a run, see? That doesn't make any sense. So sometimes there's words that we have to look at when we're reading our Bibles, and we have to dig it out. What is he talking about? And in this particular passage, he talks about the world. This is God versus the world. Well, the word world could mean, are you ready for the list? It could mean the entire universe. It could mean the earth that we live on. It could mean the people on the earth. It could mean most people, or the people that are opposed to God, or the human system that's opposed to God. So, you have to figure out, like, you have to, because it's not, it's not, this is not one of those confusing things. This isn't what God did. This is just a natural thing that happens with languages. When things are translated, not everything goes exactly the way you would like it to. That's where you open up a concordance and you find out, or you look up the original word, what does the meaning of that word mean? And so, when he's talking about being um, the one who is in the world, were those who were opposed to God. That's what he's talking about. Because the one that's in you, the almighty God of the universe, has already overcome anything that's opposed to him. Anything that's going to come against him. He's already won. And he gives you a helper. That one who is in you is the Holy Spirit. You know, he resides in you. And he's greater than the enemy could ever be. You know, and he, so I just, you know, first, or John, John, the book of John that he wrote in 1420 says, on that day, you will realize that I am in the Father and you are in me and I am in you. Okay, really, we're all wound up all there together, you know, Jesus is in God and God is in Jesus and, and then we are in Jesus when we believe, so we have God in us. So we don't have to worry about the people who are in the world or the Antichrist or anything else. It doesn't have to be a scary thing because we know the truth, and the truth will set us free. And then John continues in verses 5 and 6. We are from God. You know, um, when I was researching this, I didn't realize that John was the last Apostle alive all the rest had been mart or disciple, you know apostle um, He was the last one and I can just hear his heart like the just like we are from God I saw him. I know the truth I can tell you firsthand This is the truth and you get it too because you have his letter It's called first John we have that letter and we know the truth and then whoever doesn't listen to that truth is not from God if you have somebody who comes up to you and says something contrary to what you know the truth to be, you don't listen to them because they're not from God. And, you know, the, and the more you are from God, the, more, the easier it is to see the lies, the easier it is to see the deceptions. You know, we, we need to be grounded in the truth because the world... And those opposed to God offer things that are appealing. You know, they they offer a, hey, this is good. You know, you could do this. This should be okay. But you need to know when you look at that. I mean, the reason I say, yeah, new age, weird. Except for people who are in it, don't find it weird. Because they don't have the truth in them. They haven't been exposed to the truth you know um i uh i when I was preparing for this i so I've been a Christian for twenty eight years, and i have to admit, for way too many of the first years, I was a little bit like um you know those little blow up boats that you can take out on the water, you know little little sometimes they have oars, and you know you think you want to play with them or whatever. went out on lake Michigan in it and and you know storm comes up and that thing ain't gonna save nobody. Okay. It's just a that's how I was. I when I was a first Christian, I was I was a hot mess. I mean, it was just a storm would come and I'd be on the phone. Can, give me some leadership to pray for me. I need somebody to tell me what to do. I need help. I need help. Not not wrong. But I wasn't grounded in a truth. I wasn't reading my Bible. I wasn't going to the one who could actually solve my problem. I know you know. I called you lots. (laughs) Ah, You are a blessed woman. You are so patient and so kind. Thank you so much for loving me when I was crazy. Um, But you know, what happened is, over time, when I started to read my Bible and actually learn what it is God wanted to say to me, when I actually found out what the truths were, not because somebody told me, but because I experienced them for myself. I became this, I got this picture last week when I was sharing. You know when kids play King of the Mountain? You know, you stand on some hill or whatever, rock it could be, and people try to push you off. I could just see myself back then. The enemy would come and shove me over, and I'd like climb back up again, you know, and then he'd shove me over. But, you know, when I started reading my Bible, something happened. My feet became the rock, and I was able to stand. And the Bible was my sword. You know, it says the word of God is the spirit of truth. And so when the enemy would come up, I could slash him with the truth, and I could stay standing. And those storms didn't just knock me to and fro anymore. And that's what he offers us. We need to cling to Jesus, read his word, and let him reveal himself to us. Let him reveal what the truth is. Expository teaching is fabulous for that, but so is expository reading. You need to be reading and exposing what the truth is, digging into your Bible. Um, You know, because... We need to know the truth so when deceptions come, we can answer with the truth. When somebody comes and says, well, Jesus was a good prophet, but he wasn't God, you can say, no, he is and was God. When they come and they say, well, he was, um, Jesus sinned, you can say, oh, no, he was sinless. And there are people out there that say that there are people who say, well, it was just a myth or a fable. Those ones I just don't understand. Like, seriously, how much proof do you need, people? We know that it was true. It was true. It really happened. There's non-Christian accounts that account for the fact that Jesus was there, and he died, and he rose again. It just is. Um, In the Bible, they say, (laughs) this is the crazy one that Cameron brought up a couple weeks ago, that God is love and that everybody will be saved. Because he's so loving that everyone will get in. Whoa. It says he will come and he will judge. If everybody gets in, there's no reason for a judgment. We need to know what the truth is so we can, we can be informed ourselves and we can also share those truths with others. So really what we need to do is understand that there's a war being waged for your soul. The enemy would love nothing better than to send you some confusion and get you away from God. He would love to steal you away. And we need to test the spirits and teachers that we're listening to. We need to know what it is we're listening to and make sure that we know it's the truth by reading our Bibles. We need to confess that Christ is Lord. We need to trust the Holy Spirit who's within us. You know, um, my son... Kenny was, uh, he played soccer. He played on an ASO team, and he had, he had this one coach who, who's like, oh, yeah, I wanted to go up to this next level travel kind of thing. So he, he played some travel soccer, and, but it was the same coach. And, and then um, the coach was like, you know, he's so good. We need to take him to the next level. And um, so I want him to be on this travel team, and, and it would be with this new coach. And um, so Kenny started playing, and in his first game, this new coach was yelling And Kenny is just like, you know. And so I I could see the coach really wanted him to do whatever. So I'm like, Kenny. Kenny's like. Because he knew my voice. He knew my voice. He didn't know his coach's voice yet. We need to know God's voice. You need to know who's speaking to you. Is it the father of light or the father of lies? When you hear something... Have you trained yourself to hear his voice? And you do that by reading his word. You read his word and you practice listening to him. And we need to stay latched to that word. You know, I'm going to share something that someone came up to me um, and shared this morning after I, I spoke. And they said, you know, it's interesting that you have the word latched there in today's Mother's Day. And, you know, when a mom breastfeeds a baby... They have everything to provide for a baby. But the baby has to do the work of actually latching on. And sometimes with a new mom and a, and a baby for the first time, it's difficult. It can be difficult. But the responsibility, as much as the mother can do, the responsibility is really on that baby. You know what? God gives us, he gives us what we need. But we have a responsibility to get it to get what we need. Get all the nutrients we need from the word. Get all the sustenance that we can from the word. Because that's how we will grow. You know, I didn't grow because I didn't read my Bible. When I started reading my Bible, I started to grow. My spiritual um, self started to grow. And it doesn't mean you have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to go to Bible college, although I wish could. You don't have to do that. You can read the Word. The Word is available to everyone. And God wants to give you revelation, and he wants to reveal truth to you. So I'm just going to um, pray for us.